Welcome back to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make our community tick. Well, today we have the pleasure of one of the most people who make New Haven tick and one of my favorite people to run into by accident because she's she just radiates positivity and love and has always got a lot of energy to do good work for the public. And these days she is running a new department in New Haven called Yard Youth and Recreation Department, Gwendolyn Bush Williams, culmination of a, a, a career in government <laughs> where you're getting to bring up some good stuff. Gwen, it's so great to see you and thanks for making time today. I am so happy to be here and to all your listeners here in the Elm City. Um, thank you for having me. I hope that, you know, I'll, I'll bring some some good information, yeah, you know, kind of spark some desires to come on out and assist our youth. Well, we're doing a lot more for youth and, and you and your team, Ronnie Huggins, are doing a lot more for young people. A lot of activities, especially stepped up during the pandemic when your department got created. So you, you are you have been working for you're working for the city already. And then in yes. October of 2020, during the pandemic, early days, we reorganized the administration, reorganized city government. And they took parks, public works, and youth and made it two different silos. One was sort of public works, right? And, and cleaning the parks and stuff. And then youth all got under an umbrella, youth and recreation. And that's what Yard was, right? Right. So what happened was actually when um, the Board of Alders uh, approved the budget, July 1 of 2020, the approval for the division of the department. So it was Park Recreation and Trees which was divided into two. So the recreation portion came over to youth services combined, created the new name of youth and recreation department. And then the parks and trees portion went over to public works, which is now known as parks and public works. And then I was fortunate enough in August, the end of August of 2020 to have been appointed as the first director for the youth and recreation department, which was so exciting. I'm completely honored and humbled to have been thought of for that position. But I have been with Youth Services Department once since the formation. And I actually came on to the city in 2007. I remember, uh, and we'll get back to that in a minute. Yes, we have sir. an old video of you back when video was in <laughs> You infancy. were the first one right. to take a video of but me. But those, yes. those are pretty low-grade videos with those tiny cameras and YouTube was <laughs> just getting going. But Gwen, you guys have been busy. I mean, really Absolutely. busy. I mean, I'm just going to run down a list here, some stuff we've been writing about. You just had a, a, a summer free ice cream youth event. You had learning hubs when we, mm -hmm. when we were, had the schools closed. You guys did learning hubs. Kids were hungry. You did a, a meal distribution for 1,200 kids. You had youth camps that got much bigger than usual this summer. You put concerts. So young people have special events where the city said, we care about you and it's your city too. And the summer of uh, August of 2021, you did a big rap show at the Westville Bowl. It was beautiful and great. And then we just this uh, month or, or now we're in October and we had a back to school event at College Street Music Hall with some well-known mm -hmm. rappers to everyone but me at College Street Music Hall. You had Halloween events. So you guys, you guys have got a pretty full plate. You know, a funny, the funny thing, Paul, is that you are with us every step of the way. So <laughs> I have to uh, say a huge thank you because where the news is always trying to um, talk about negative stuff, you all have been very you have been a champion of the Thank youth you. of the city and you all have been there to actually promote the positive things that are going on. So thank you. Well, thank you. But here's do. my question. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident you don't have $8 zillion. Absolutely so how not. do you do all these events <laughs> without money? So we have been fortunate. One, I have to say that our administration, um, the mayor and the administration, along with the board of aldermen support the youth. 
they support this department because they understand that we have to um, to reach out to our young people right now, especially with everything that happened with COVID and trying to get them back to some normalcy. Mm -hmm. So in the budget, they have been liberal in expanding some dollars to us in the regular general budget. But then thank God for Uncle Joe. Who Uncle, came Joe. In, Uncle Joe, who came with the Great. American Rescue Plan. And we have been doing many of our programs on the American Rescue Plan. How many more years is that money good for? So actually, those dollars will expire December 31st, 2026. Oh, 2026. It's 2026. And how much money is uh, is that? Um, so we the Youth and Recreation Department has been allotted an additional three million dollars. Um, just for our programming, but then we also have uh, allocated was approved allocation for an additional three million to go to taking care of the infrastructure. I'm going to get to that second part. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Um, so in terms of the three million, is that per year or through 2026? Through 2026. So we're talking. I'm doing my math stuff. Going uh, to the grade at it. So <laughs> I'm 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 thinking you're about 750k a year. Yeah. And is that for events? That's not your salary. No, that has nothing to do with salary. This is just the additional programming that we're doing. So it's right an now. a need and an opportunity. Absolutely. And the kind of list I just ran down, that's the kind of stuff you're spending it on. Mm -hmm. Now, why does it matter to get youth to normalcy? Why does it matter to have city government focus on young people having stuff to do? So one of the things that I'm always constantly saying is that it takes a village in order to raise um, our youth to be citizens that are going to contribute back to their community. So it's extremely important. These are the young people that are going to be our future doctors, our radio disc jockeys, our nurses. They're going to be the me. They're going to be the, the director of youth and recreation. They're going to be the next mayors and alders. And so we want to make sure that we are investing in them so that they will stay committed. We don't want our kids to grow up and leave. You know, we want them to go to college, yeah. but we want them to come back into the city that they were raised and contribute and raise the next generation. And how does doing this help? Does it get them more linked to our city? More Absolutely. It's, it's all of the positive activities. And then in addition to the positive activities, we are also targeting those youth who are at risk and high risk, too, to help them make better decisions. And so how we, do you do that? So we have a program called Youth Connect. Um, mm -hmm. It is formerly known as YouthStat. And this Youth Connect program specifically works with young people who are not making the best choices right now. Um, I don't want to categorize, but who are not making the best choices. And we're working with the Board of Education and we work with other organizations such as Clifford Beers. And we're working um, in order to, well, first thing we do is we reach out to them. Like, hey, listen, we know something is going on. Let's let's try and, and stop this. But what are your needs? What's what's happening? We have to look at the holistic um, holistic child. We can't just look at school. So originally, the way you stat work was at each school, if I'm not mistaken, they would identify the kids who were most at risk, mm -hmm. getting in trouble. They need some help. And that a team from the city, social workers, probation yes. workers and teachers yep. would meet every week and talk mm -hmm. about what they're doing, a plan for each kid. Is that still taking place at every school? Yes, we're still taking place, but we kind of moved it out of the school and we're doing it by the police district. So we also have the New Haven Police Department involved as well. Uh, we have a small group of kids who are doing the most impact. And so we target those kids. We How many kids are we talking about? Uh, our, we have a revolving of 100. And so about so, 100 kids. Mm -hmm. So once we get them 
into place. We get them into a program that they agree to, not just the young people, but the parents as well, because we need their support in making sure that they will follow whatever plan we set up. Once we get them on their way, then, uh, you know, they have met all the requirements. If they still need more support, what we're doing now, because we have a new department with the city called Community Resilience, who are targeting on adults, we will give a warm handoff over to Community Resilience. If not, and they have met all the requirements and they are doing well, we will then give them what we, uh, a Youth Connect graduation. And that's saying that nice. you have... Um, we got to let us know about those. Then we go. Yeah, we had our first one this year at 230 Asthma Street, and it was really great. We highlighted six um, young people who were just very excited and proud. Um, Gwen, do you want to tell me about one, not by name, just mm-hmm. unless you want to, but do you want to tell me about a story about a kid who, through the Youth Connect program you're running? Sure. So we had, I, I you know, to anonymity, I will keep her anonymity. Um, so we had a young person who um, was only about two credits away from graduation, had dropped out. And she had, was doing quite a bit of fighting and, you know, it, it didn't take much to agitate her. And so we created a plan where we came in and we're like, listen, there's an alternative way. If you're having difficulty in going to the school because you're feeling that either you're not safe or that, you know, you may <clears throat> get into a, another fight or something, let's find a different way to do it. So we created a plan by working with the Board of Education to be able for her to complete her two credits. And then the deal was, listen, if you complete, I'm going to send you to your prom. Um, we're going to buy your dress and, you know, everything that comes along with it. So hair, nails, shoes. And what was the root of the problem? Was something going on at home? Or was there a problem with some other kids or some of the school? I would say it was a combination. It was a combination. So, you know, everyone was involved. We worked with the, the family and mom and siblings and um, everyone to come up with a cohesive plan. And so it's not just about that one contact. It's constant. And so we set expectations. And, you know, I I found that many of our young people really just want someone kind of to give them an expectation. And and when they don't, it's like, hey, listen, you said you were going to call me on this date or you said you were going to do this and you didn't do it. Or um, like, oh, I'm so proud of you because you completed it. And she she made it to the prom. Yes, she did. Graduation prom. And she graduated from my Youth Connect program. I'm very proud of her. All right. Well, we're talking to Gwendolyn Bush Williams, who runs Yard, the youth. (laughs) I love that. I love I love the good acronym. Isn't it kind of cool? And it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, you have a yardstick for progress. And it's Youth and Recreation <laughs> Department in the city. It got formed in 2020. It's just doing great things. We just talked about a program you inherited and updated and improved, which is working with kids in trouble. But all this new stuff, including the the all this program you're doing, which is so much fun. That that's for everybody, right? Kids in trouble, kids not in trouble. Yes. Also, our program is for everyone. Now, one of the positive things that occurred initially, everyone kept saying that. Parks and Rec and Youth Services were doing the same thing. And actually, we weren't. We were targeting two different populations. So Youth Services were looking at high school students. So we were dealing with 14 above. Park and Recreation was dealing with 5 to 13. But now that we have it all on one umbrella, we are servicing or we offer programming for the 21,000 young people in the school system. Now, are we able to have all 21,000 at one time? Absolutely not. <laughs> but we offer pro- different programming so that we're hoping we're touching a majority of the, the school age population. And right now, Paul, we're really focused on not just youth, but families mm-hmm. and communities. And, and that's actually where we're branching out um, this year. So I'm Tell hoping me about that. How are you branching out? Awesome. Thank you. So uh, under the American Rescue Plan, what we are doing is we are 
rejudging our park facilities. So there's eight park facilities that we are focusing on and we're bringing them back up to code so that we can have programming that is going on. And so we're inviting community organizations to complete a request for proposal. And this proposal is, is non-fiscal. So we're saying we're going to give you a space and we want you to come. Oh, I know you're talking about now. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We, we, the big issue in town is that where the Q house go, where are all those neighborhood rec centers? So we've rebuilt oh, the Q house. The Q house is Strawberry Square now. Next, you got state yes. money. That's going to reopen. Yes. So you're talking about where you get buildings that, that you're going to own, and then you're going to find a nonprofit to do programming there. Well, right? we actually own the building. So we're That's talking about yeah, our higher than nonprofit. Yeah. Coogan Pavilion, East Rock Nature Center, Barnard Nature Center. Mm-hmm. Sal Pirtle, which is out near the lighthouse. We have DeGale, which is the building in Gulf Street Park, and even Atwater Senior and Center. How, the program, are you giving people money to run those programs with American Rescue Plan money? No, actually, we're not. What we're doing is, is in kind. And so we are giving you the facility so you can come in. And so you have a bird, Paul's bird watching group. And um, but you know what? I have no place for my people to come congregate or be able to come in as a starting point. So in kind be free. Mm-hmm. So we do have to pay to maintain the buildings. No, we we are taking care of all of that. That's what I mean. We yes. pay for that. Mm-hmm. How do, So you need some budget to do these eight buildings. Yes. Yeah, so the budget is on our side, the youth and recreation side. So what we're doing is that, you know, we incorporate the maintenance and anything to keep the facilities. And then and, the nonprofits run with doing programming and they get rent free. Correct. Is that now was the model for this in the biggest scale, what we did with the Q house? We got state money to build the Q house. And if I'm not mistaken, youth and recreation was in charge of finding nonprofits to run activities there. Now you already had Stetson libraries there. So that's a separate thing you had. Um, yes. Cornell yeah. Scott, but leap was hired by the city so, to do program. Yeah. So Q house was a, uh, uh, unique as in uh, compared to what we're doing right now. So we're going to have several different organizations in the buildings that we're in. So there's no one organization that will monopolize it. It is not their home. It is kind of like the best example is you remember in school when you used to have the itinerant teacher that came in with their cart and when they finished the lesson for the day, they moved out with their cart. So it's kind of the same thing. So on, I'll give you Coogan Pavilion, for example, on one day you can have line dancing in the morning, you could come back and do uh, some painting. You could come back later on that evening and have some ceramics. And then on on Sunday, you might have a group that's coming in doing yoga. And so it's all. Is different. that really happening or is this like a, it is real? It is really. Those happening. things are already happening there. Yeah. So I walk by that place all the time. I never paid attention to what. Mm-hmm. I love the whole scene there, too, with the skaters. It is. Even so we have the skate park in the back. So cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always it. something lively going on over there. And one of the most popular programs, and I'm not going to say I have two left feet, but definitely not advanced, is our line dance is, is extremely popular. And that's in the morning? No, line dancing actually occurs on Tuesdays and Thursdays. In the evening, approximately six o'clock, I will have to send you our calendar, Paul. And, yeah, well, um, and so the painting on, is when? Tuesday. Oh. You have to tell me about exact days. I, I know, I, I know. You know what? We have, we have a full after, calendar so over there. So you have four separate into. groups, ceramics, painting, line dancing, yoga, four separate groups. So yeah, so it's different your, organizations. And your yeah. department, you have someone coordinating that, keeping yes. the schedule. So who would that be? That's what we do. And so we have our registration specialist who is keeping up with all the coordinating along with That's one really of our idea, administrative assistants. You know, Gwen, you and I, for so many years, and people talked about what are you going to do about the youth, that was sort of a general statement. There always was this idea, and I think Mayor Eric will talk about this, 
that we have all these nonprofits, but they don't have facilities, mm -hmm. that there is there a way for the city without having to pony up a lot more money to partner with existing nonprofits to do the work? Yes. Yeah, so, so this, this definitely the, was the vision of Justin, um, Mayor Ellicott. And you're Justin still one of the coordinator. Then. Yes. That's wonderful. So yeah. we talked about Coogan. We talked about Sal DiPietro. Yeah. Where else? Um, West Rock Nature Center, mm -hmm. East Rock Nature Center, Barnard Nature Center, mm. Sal Pirtle, Coogan Pavilion, DeGale, which is inside of Gulf Street Park. That's what you fixed up with Ice the Beef, right? Yes. Yeah, so Ice the Beef um, was in there. And I'm sure that they will be coming back in to do some work as well. And, you know, we're off, again offering it to other organizations to be able to come in and, you know, on a revolving process um, at Water Senior Center, which is out in Fairhaven. Mm -hmm. And so we're working with not just um, nonprofits and community agencies, you know, we're we're offering it to if if uh, a church has a program that they're doing, for example. Correct. Oh, yes. most of them are. Yes, yes, you are correct. Another question, how, how do you get the word out sometimes? So this year you greatly expanded number of summer programs, mm -hmm. but a lot of people had trouble finding out about it. So you did a press conference and you said, hey, everyone, you got on TV, you put it on the internet, you printed all these booklets. It was a fat book. There were a lot of things yeah, in there. Yeah. And then days afterwards, one of our reporters was in the Hill and her mom said, I don't know what to do with my kid this summer. And the community management team people didn't know. And I was thinking, man, Gwen just spent three days doing everything <laughs> she could to let everybody in New Haven find out. I know. And the most organized people still didn't find out so how do you get through that you know it's it's hard and and paul i have to be honest and say i have to, to pick and choose my battle mm -hmm. and so you know we try our best to get the information I don't even out think it's, i wouldn't even say like you have to fight with anyone it's more like it's hard to reach everybody there's no it one is. place anymore so that's the battle so the battle is you know am i doing enough and always trying to expand and so you know we we're trying our best we send it out to all of our alders and um, we emailing out to community management teams. We're making it accessible on the internet. Right, you did we have all work. kind of social media and, and constant contact. Do they let the schools let their parents know? They're not Absolutely. What we do is we work with the graphics department from the New Haven Board of Education, and they actually physically print books to put in the um, elementary school book bags so, so that they can take sure it home. The parent reads it. Yeah. And we have it in, sometimes I get stuff I don't look at. And we have it in English and Spanish too. So, you know, we try to make sure that, you know, we're, well, we're maybe targeting you could just our population. Jump at everyone's computer or cell phone and just say, <laughs> Hey, I'm Gwen. I got something for your kid to do. There you go, listen, Paul. I, you know, I, I see it. So, you know, I may have to hit you up on, on the show and like, Hey, can you just let everyone we'll know that it's out? Want, and then we'll do our part for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gwendolyn Bush Williams doing her part to keep kids busy in New Haven in a good way. Gwen, I, we were talking before about you've been with the city since 2007, correct? Yeah. And just when you were starting, you were at Wilson Branch Library. You were doing some kind of event where you're letting people know about stuff. And I met you and you were just so enthusiastic about letting everybody know that we did a little video, which was the greatest PSA. And it's been so fun to see you stay committed. I mean, you stay in this government job. It's not easy work. No, yeah, it's and, not. And, I love and, it, though. And you love it. So tell me about that. You've worked all this time in youth services, correct? Yes, I have only been here youth services and what this past year was 15 years. And what made you go into it and what made you stay with it? So, you know, I kind of I kind of fell into it. Um, prior in, in my other life, I was actually working over at Department of Social Services. State? And, yeah, the state. And I was there for 14 years. Really? And then I had... A, so you started at seven years old. <laughs> right. I'm going to take that. I'm going to okay. take that ball. <laughs> um. 
I left there and then I decided I wanted to go um, into what my degree was, which was clinical psychotherapy. And so I was doing and I went into a nonprofit and then I had an aha moment that, yeah, nonprofit is not for me. I need to get back with uh, security. And I, I just kind of applied for the job because I was working with kids, um, came in, fell in love with this job. I fell in love with it because I was able to see immediate gratification. I was able to see where I took an application, gave a young person a job. They got their first check and was able to impact their life. Talk about youth at work. Yeah, youth at work. Um, That's where I was started off as a program manager. Yeah. And to see those smiles. um, So you get your payoff is when you're able to connect somebody to a job or a fun event and you see it actually happen. You're the person in the middle because you are very good at communicating. I mean, we're talking before, you're very good at getting a word out and reaching people. Do you think? That have you grew up in New Haven, correct? Yes. You think having grown up in New Haven helps you know how to reach people or to know how they're going to find out about something or to how yeah, they're going to want to get the message? I think I did. I think I learned all of that actually from church. I'm a member of um, Bethel Amy right oh, over Bethel there on Amy, Gulf Street. Right. And all my entire life I've been there. So I was always involved in youth activities and my As church. Yeah. My church trained me how to be a youth leader through our young people's department. And so um I wanted everyone to have that same feeling. I guess as an adult, I wanted everyone to have that same so feeling. So growing up at Beth, you grew up at Beth. Yes, I did. And you were in a youth leadership that's so yes. interesting the way that churches and synagogues and mosques can become one of those places in community where we focus people and give them opportunities yeah, yeah. and train them to lead. But you know what? I, but I recognize everyone didn't have the same opportunity as me. So how can I give a young person who may not be, go to church the same opportunity that I had? And so, you know, we were able to do that. And I have to give credit to the city of New Haven. They kind of let us work our program. They weren't restrictive. They didn't have a lot of barriers in front of us. And, you know, we came with an idea. They made us tease it out to make sure that it, it, it worked. And then they let us implement it. And that's what's happening now. Still, all of these programs we have, it was a whim. We were sitting in a meeting. We could have an organic conversation. And it was like, you know what? It would kind of be cool if we just did trunk or treat. I credit that to Tommy Veal. She happened. We're we doing to, that again this year. Oh, absolutely. October that was 31st. Fun last year. I was there in Edgewood Park. That I need you. It's going to be in Edgewood Park. And I need you back there with your camera because I know I want I everyone with great costumes, including parents. Come on out. OK, that's it. What else do you want? Like, we're, time's running out. Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, I don't apologize. I appreciate what you're saying. What do you want people to know what's coming up next? Got Trunk or Treat in October. What else is yes. coming up? So season of our signature programming. So Trunk or Treat will be October 31st, November 17th. And John Martinez, we will be doing the turkey giveaway again. Is going to be a drive through. And then on December 4th, in partnership with Southern Connecticut State University, we will be doing our um, Friends of Rudolph again. So more information will be coming out. We are going to make sure that we have check out our website, www.cityofnewhaven.gov, and you can get all the information or call us 946-7582. Gwendolyn Bush-Williams, you are one of my heroes. Lifetime <laughs> of public service. And giving kids who need something to do, great stuff to do in New Haven, whether they're in trouble, not in trouble, doing great, they're doing better. Thanks to you. Paul, you're my champion. Thank you.
you you went the extra yard with yard. <laughs> we, I got to try to think of yard jokes we can make with that acronym. Oh, All right, I love it. The longest yard, but that wasn't the right idea. Gwendolyn right. <laughs> Williams and and Ronnie Huggins, who does a lot of your great work there. Yeah, he's actually doing. Uh, he's at the Black and Brown Summit um, Empowerment Conference for seventh and eighth graders over at Southern, and he sends his best. Good, All right, good, good work, That's Ronnie. Good work, Gwen. Good work, Nora Grace Flood, who's. Running the board this week is Harry Dross has a God forbid vacation. Went down <laughs> to just go where the hurricane was, see for himself. And that was his idea of fun. My idea of fun was welcoming Gwendolyn Bush Williams of Yard. And we're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew, How It Would Feel to Be Free, from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day and all night. And for those who celebrate Yom Kippur, May we be read into the book of life for another year.